Hello everybody, it's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. The fastest results come when you enjoy the process of language facilitation. Hello, facilitators, and welcome back to another video, or welcome if this is your first time watching. My name is Marcy Melzer, and I'm an intuitive speech-language pathologist and natural language and speech facilitation consultant, and I equip and empower parents to use everyday activities to facilitate the spoken language that you're looking for. And today we're gonna be talking about this topic, speech and teeth brushing. And I chose this topic because I know that I do a lot of consultations with parents. And when I ask them, what are the things that you struggle with that your late talker is resisting, the kinds of things they don't wanna do, Toothbrushing is up there, but there are other self-care skills too. So what we're going to be doing today is using this topic of toothbrushing as the sort of demonstration, but we're going to be talking about all kinds of self-care things. So let's get into today's topic. Thank you. I see more people are joining me, so let's get into it. Speech and teeth brushing is what we're gonna be talking about as well as other self-care jobs. Now, before we get into it, I do need to do a member shout out. And that is because there are some superstar facilitators watching this video, I know right now, because you're the ones that watch all the videos. Those of you on YouTube and those of you who have joined my own member community, who are asking questions, who are actively making changes, these parents, are working hard, they're using what I teach to make real changes in their kid's life. They're finding the right schools for them, they're finding the right doctors, the right therapists, because there are people out there who work in a natural facilitation way. We're finding out more and more and more that there are professionals out there, but they don't always equip and empower parents at home. And that's what we do here on the Waves of Communication channel. So parents need both. And these facilitators, I got to tell you, are working super hard to make their lives better, to make their child's lives better, to make their household lives better, and they're working through it. And this holiday time is great. If you're not on the bandwagon yet, now is your opportunity to set up your whole new year with a new plan that laser focuses on your progress. So without further ado let's get into today's topic where we're going to be talking about speech and teeth brushing and also facilitating other self-care jobs so here's what we're going to be covering on this video today i'm going to be talking about what causes these lay talkers to resist self-care jobs that they need to do that are good for them but they still resist it and the five-step process you're going to love this to reset those jobs that are a struggle and then the demonstration of the toothbrushing facilitation process i've got my little tools here that i'm going to do that for you and then i've got some empowerment strategies that will also facilitate independent 
self-care, motivation, and responsibility. So this is what we're going to be talking about today. And it all starts with this issue. Is your late talker resisting the self-care tasks such as teeth brushing or hair care or nail care? Or even you see these, um, the, the, the wellness kind of wound care and taking medications. You see literally the messages from these lay talkers is, I don't want to do it. I'm not in for that. Um, take that thing away from me. They don't know the benefit and they are completely resisting. And there are real reasons that this happens. Okay. And here they are. There are four reasons that lay talkers will resist self-care tasks. Now, these reasons you're going to find through your connection with the lay talker, right? They're going to show you with their behavior that they don't like something. And they're even going to show you with their behavior why they don't like something. But to really be intuitive and understand that why, you have to be present and understand the entire situation and also the history of what's been happening up until now, okay? So the reasons, these four reasons that lay talkers resist is because number one, they don't feel safe. And it could be one or more of these issues. They don't feel safe because of their previous experiences. They don't feel equipped because of their previous experiences. They don't feel empowered or they feel shameful, right? They're afraid or they're frustrated or they're just ashamed because they should be able to do this easy thing, but they're not because they haven't been taught and they don't feel responsible. This is something that they haven't accepted to do at all. And they're just letting you do it for them because this is what they have been taught is the expectation about it. So remember, if your child doesn't feel safe, they don't feel empowered, what could it be in your world that's causing that? And that is what you as the facilitator need to understand. Because once we understand which of these four reasons, which of the behaviors that you see show those, now you have to consider your previous experience, right? The one that you're struggling with right now. And the previous experience that triggered those feelings that we're talking about, either the fear or the entitlement, maybe you're just doing everything for the child and they can have happy time in the shower and they don't realize that it's their job to actually wash and get the grime off, or they just eating the toothpaste because you keep letting them do that and that you haven't taught them the other process, right? So that's what's going on is they've developed their habits around this thing based on their previous experience, the one that you do every day with them. So you have to start to consider that previous experience before you do it. Now, remember, if the goal is for the child to accept the responsibility for their independence, then it's the facilitator's responsibility to make these self-care tasks feel for the child, right? The one that's afraid, they've got to feel that this thing is easy and valuable because they've got to work hard to do it, right? in order to learn how they don't already know they're not already good at it. So think about this now, as you're considering these things that your child is struggling with, the tooth brushing, the nail cutting, how does your lay talker feel as you connect with them through your current habitual process? What do you do and how do they react? What could be triggering a sense of fear, frustration, shame, 
and or entitlement. What's triggering that in you? Because if you don't know, now is your chance through this process to figure it out. And that's again, what I teach people. Remember these kids are looking non-verbally communicating to their mom that they're big kids, that they are good at this, that they can do it. Are they doing the best job ever with their toothbrushing? No, maybe not, or maybe not yet because this mom is teaching, but look how proud and happy she is because these kids are saying, look at me. I am doing it by myself. And this is a win-win situation for everybody because it's going to only evolve from here, right? And that's why the late talkers nonverbal messages will tell you. So now you need to reset this process and prove that you can offer a better way to do the job. Maybe someone else was doing the job and you're going to take over. Maybe you were doing the job and you're going to change. But Regardless, you need these five steps to reset your process through facilitation. And once you reset it and prove that it's going to be different, then it'll work. So here's step one for the process. And step one is to break down your process. So every process, when we think about everything, so today we're going to be talking about toothbrushing as the example, but you can think about this with anything. Everything you do, brushing your teeth, it's not just a one-step thing. There's lots of things you have to do in order to make those teeth go from grimy to shiny, right? Whatever it is, that whole thing, there is a process. There's a habitual way to go about it. And everybody goes about toothbrushing in their own unique way, sort of with the specifics, but the general things are the same. And this is what this breakdown looks like, the general breakdown of the things that are going. And you're gonna want you're going to want to do this breakdown by yourself before you're with the child. Because what you're gonna do as you're breaking it down is you're gonna find a million steps, right? But what you want to do is you want to find the ones that are manageable and important for you. The thing that's gonna be the easiest for you to teach is gonna be how you're gonna introduce this process. So you're gonna break it down sort of like an outline. And I've got an outline here, I'll show you. So right now, you're gonna break the job down into three phases. Step one, step two, step three is basically that you are, even though it, those are the phases because this is a big job and, and you're gonna break it down into phases and then each phase into three or four tasks and then each task into steps that you'll guide the child through while you're doing it, okay? So the step one is to break this down. We'll go through it all when I do the demonstration, but let's go through the steps so you understand. Again, the reason so you can wrap your head around this, how to teach this thing. And then step number two is you've got to set up a new or changed equipment and or environment, right? So something has to be different about what you offer this child, not just the things you say, because that's not going to be enough. They see, remember, your late child, your late talking child who is very visual is looking at the experience visually. They're remembering how people physically touched them. They're remembering what they saw. They're remembering the things that they held. And they're not remembering the directions and the steps and all that stuff because they're not thinking in a listening mind. They're thinking, they learn visually, these kids. They learn the steps. 
And if you're, you haven't been consistent in how you're teaching, but you've been consistent in how you're responding or doing or whatever, and it always looks the same, you sit on the toilet and I scrub your teeth, then you've got a whole brand new foundation to start out from, do you see? So the entire experience, the child's not gonna sit on the toilet anymore. They're gonna be standing on a stool in front of the mirror so they can see themselves access the water, brush their own teeth, all of that stuff, right? So if you don't have that set up for your child for toothbrushing or whatever you're doing, that's what you're thinking about in this step two. The ideal place for your child to be brushing teeth is standing on a stool in front of the you know, basin where the water comes out so they can reach it, turn it on and off themselves because they have to learn these things, you see. If they can't reach it and you're the only one doing the water turning, once they turn it on, how will they turn it off? How will they learn the process? How will they learn how hard they have to turn the, the knob if they don't have access to doing it themselves? Remember, this is where it goes from, I can't do it to entitlement because I haven't had the opportunity to try. You need to set up this place so that the child can eventually show up to this place and do this thing without you because they know how to equip and access everything they need. So that's what this looks like, right? And how much time is needed to allow for the new teaching and support? What tools would make the job easy and more fun? And what environment or sensory accommodations will make the job go more smoothly? What do they need to do this thing well? You know this thing, so you set it up. And now at step three is when you're gonna actually connect with the child and you're gonna introduce the job through the need and value. And you're gonna detail the problem that the job is solving by talking about the dirty teeth or the messy room or the you know stinky diaper or whatever it is that needs solving through this self-care job. And then you're gonna describe the better experience. You won't have to sit in that poo-poo anymore. Your teeth won't, you know, whatever, your breath will be better. You won't have to go to the dentist. There's all kinds of benefits of doing our self-care jobs. And then you're gonna take your child over and explore those new tools and new environments that you've created because you're introducing a new situation, a situation that has equipped the child to solve their problem for a better experience. So this doesn't look like, let's go brush your teeth. This looks like, ooh, your breath is stinky, or my goodness, there's gummy bears stuck in there and broccoli stuck in there, and oh no, what will your friends think? And oh, the doctor, you know, if that stuff gets stuck in there, it makes holes in your teeth, and then we have to go to the dentist. And remember, you might think your late talker can't listen to that story and understand those whys and hows, but they can and they do, especially if you tell that story every time instead of just a random, I'm taking you to the bathroom to go scrub your teeth or it's time because I say it's time. It's time to brush your teeth when your teeth are dirty. It's time to clean up when the books are on the floor, when the mess is created. It's time to change your clothes when these are dirty or we need another outfit to go to a party. 
There are always reasons and valuable reasons. Otherwise, why would we do them, right? And why would it be so important for you to do make your child do this thing every day if it wasn't important and valuable? So that's always the first thing you present to this child, this intelligent child who understands more than most people give them credit for, right? You're going to tell them the value of coming with you to participate with this thing. And it gets even more. Just, it's not just do it because I I say it's good. There are other reasons, right? The problem this job this job is solving might be your problem, but it might be the late talker's problem, and that's why that's important. I'll explain how it works. Now, step number four is to support the struggle. Like you know, there's going to be struggle because there has been struggle in the past, and you know what the struggle is. The child that wants to eat the toothpaste, they won't let you put the brush in their mouth. Whatever it is about the challenge, the sensory issue, they don't like the taste, they don't like the temperature, they don't like the feeling, they don't like the whatever. So you have to demonstrate how easy and fun the job can be and demonstrate how you will supervise while the child tries and you will only offer support if the child fails while trying because you want them to learn to do this on your own and that you're gonna celebrate every effort and even the smallest success. So while you're in, you're going to see your child, you're going to see them um, give you the eye or that hand up or whatever, and you're going to say, don't worry, we're going to do it. Okay. So in step five, here's where you go. Now you've introduced the problem. Okay. So now once you've connected with the child, you've introduced the problem um, and the solution, your teeth are dirty, we're gonna go brush them, and you've also introduced this is how we're gonna do it. This is where you're gonna say, look, we've just got this step-by-step -step process, I'm gonna make it super easy for you, and I know you struggle with the toothbrush, I'm gonna help you with that. I know you can't reach the water, I've got a stool. I know you can't whatever, I've got a whatever. So you kibosh all the what ifs, no's, because remember, as soon as you say, let's go do this thing that your child has previously been resistant to, they're gonna come up with the resistance behaviors and the excuses and the ways to avoid it or get away from it. That you're gonna see right away, those hands go up, that face go away, that no, 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 thank you, kind of nonverbal, what we saw in those kids that were getting the medicine and the Band-Aid. No, keep it away. I don't understand why this thing is good. And I don't like the pinch it feels. I don't like the scrub. I don't like the whatever, right? Because there's things they don't like about it. And you figured out how to make it tastier or easier or whatever. All right, so this is how you're going to move forward. Step five, you're going to work through the process by providing a lot of repetitive demonstrations. I'm going to show you how to do this. Talk about everything that is happening. Everything's happening to you, all the mistakes that happen. If you drop something, if you spill something, if you succeed and do something, right? And then you're going to use a lot of visual cues and gestures while you talk because remember, these kids are converting from visual learners to auditory listening learners. And you're going to address any signs of fear, frustration, shame, or entitlement. No, I'm not going to do this. You do it. Or no, 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 don't bring it near me. Any of that that you see, you're going to address it with assistance and patience. And that's how you're going to work through this whole situation, okay? Step by step by entertaining and offering a brand new thing. Now, if you don't know which one to choose, if you're not, if you don't, if toothbrushing is not an issue for you and other things are an issue for you in my workbook, there are profile pages to help you do it. So 
Let's get into, we're gonna do the demonstration of the facilitation of the toothbrushing process. And so I've got it broken down. Here are the five steps for you. And what I've done is just put these basic, easy to understand labels on the phases so that I can easily guide the child through them into phase one, out of phase one, into phase two, out of phase two, into phase three, out of phase three, into the next activity, because I'm the facilitator and I need all of these things to happen for a successful toothbrushing experience. Okay. So the phases are those three and the tasks are for phase one, which is get ready. I'm just going to say, go to the bathroom is the first task because the child's somewhere outside of the bathroom and I need to get them in there standing on their stool in front of the mirror where they belong. Then they got to get the brush ready. They've got to turn off the water, all of that stuff. So phase one. So that's how we're going to do it. We're going to work through those phases and I have broken it down. So I know which one of those things I'm going to laser focus my attention, effort, and speech all about not what's happening in the past, not what's happening in the future, that phase, that task, and that job, that skill to get through the process step by step by step. So what I've done for you today is I have, I was, I was inspired to do this because I was out holiday shopping, Christmas shopping for my kids at the dollar store for stocking stuffers. And I found this little dentist kit. And in it is a big mouth. So I thought, oh, this is something that I can use to demonstrate for you guys. So you can, if your lay talker is really anti-tooth brushing, they scream when you think about it, like they're on the really far end. You can start with toys. You don't have to. You can actually start in the bathroom with your lay talker. But I've got this toy here to show you if you've got a super resistant one. This is how there is no pressure to even put anything into their mouth or run any water or deal with any toothpaste or any of that first. Okay, so I've got it. And in here, I don't need everything. I want to keep this process super simple and easy at first. Because remember, this child is resistant totally. And how do I make it more fun? I got a toy about it, right? What's more fun than a toy? So I get this toy and I'm going to go through this on my own and put the things in that I just need and put the things out that I don't. There's a couple things in here. So because it's a dentist kit, this is like the thing that you use to pull the teeth don't need it. I'm just going to set that aside in my other, in my doctor kit. And then of course I've got a toothbrush. I need the toothbrush. And this is a little basin that you would use. It, it has a medical kit on it, but I'm going to use it for the spit basin. And it's got the teeth, of course. And then there's a pair of tweezers in here as well. And I'm going to put those on the side because I just don't need it or this. So it's, I've just got these three things. I've got the teeth, and the brush and the basin, right? To start out with for my demo. And so my, my structure, when you look at it like this, okay, it, phase one is go to the bathroom, get the brush ready and turn off the water because by the end of phase one, there will be water going on because when we get the brush ready, we've got to turn on the water. Go. So we're gonna go to the bathroom. First thing we're gonna do is drop what we're doing, we're going to walk to the bathroom. We're going to stand on the stool or get the stool ready. Those are the little tasks that get you through that first 
that first step. And then the next one is you're going to get your brush ready. So I'm going to demonstrate how to do that too. So this is my brush. Mine is, you know, the one that I picked. So I, mine is the orange one. This is yours. It's the blue one, or this is the toy one. This is the one for our bear. Or if I had something else, if I had a stuffy, that's what I probably should have had here. I got a little Ganesh doll. I can scrub my Ganesh doll's teeth, right? Something like that. If I have a, um, if I have a stuffy or something like that, remember the child who isn't ready to put something in their own mouth but i also have this tooth i can scrub so let's talk about it again once you get in the bathroom we're looking at all our stuff i got my new toothbrush i have this toothpaste i have all the things that i need the sink to spit it in the water to turn it on so after i get the child in the bathroom my next step is let's take a look to get the brush ready and turn off the water. And I have to show how easy that is. So look how easy it is. I got my brush, I'm gonna grab it. I hold the brush in my right hand. What brush, literally what hand are you gonna hold it in? I like to hold it in this hand. And then the toothpaste, how does that work? How does it open? Does it flip open? Does it turn open? How much toothpaste goes on there? Who's gonna put it on? Are you gonna do it? Are they gonna do it? If you put the toothbrush, let them hold the brush and you squeeze it on so that you're in control of the things that you need to be in control of. So for example, you and you want to be in control of only as much as you need to be so maybe your child isn't the you can't trust them to squeeze the thing but you can trust them to open it and close it and put it back in the thing where it goes or put their toothbrush back where it goes or get their own toothbrush if you've got two or three there sitting pick their own up to get their own this is how we ready the toothbrush the steps grab your own get the brush or wait for mom to put the stuff on open the toothpaste whatever the steps are that you're going to choose and i'm giving you lots of steps because wherever your late talker is you're going to pick the steps to do that because as soon as the brush is ready then we have to turn off the water because the brush isn't ready until it gets wet right so you want to have a little water on there so somebody has to turn the water on Put the brush under and turn the water off because you don't want the water running while you're brushing and brushing could take a while so my important thing to put in my task to finish phase one is to turn off the water and then phase two is let's take a look phase two is to check every tooth and scrub every tooth and then rinse and teeth rinse and spit so what we're doing here is we're checking every tooth. So in here, it's easy to check every tooth. Let's open the mouth. You can open it super wide. Your mouth won't open that much, but in the mirror, you can see what you can see. If you have a little hand mirror, remember you have to have a mirror to brush your teeth because how are you gonna check your own teeth? You can check these. And if you want, you could even put smush on them. You can put something on them. This is a hard toothbrush. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna check and I'm gonna use my pretend and say, oh, there's gummy bears stuck here and there's broccoli stuck here and there's chicken stuck here and there's eggs stuck here. So we have to scrub this off 
and scrub this up and scrub this up and scrub this up. And on the front and the top, we can't forget those teeth. So we got to scrub those and we've got to scrub those. So then we got all of them. Remember, we did both of the sides and the front and both of the sides and the front. But there's no teeth in the back. So we don't have to stick our toothbrush all the way and leaping tuck the right way, the wrong way. It's all about your demonstration with the child. And then you let them try hand it to them and say, let them try. Or you give them another toothbrush, like I've got my own here, you try this one, I'll try that one, and we do whatever. And then you go actually to the bathroom and you talk about in your own mouth, you're checking to see, you check your breath, check your tongue, check your mouth, see what's stuck in there, use your tongue. Oh, I feel something there. Can you put your tongue and feel it? Oh, I feel something there because your kids aren't used. They've been doing this and playing around with their tongue in their mouth. They don't know why. They don't know that that they're actually getting stuff that that's stuck in there or whatever. And if they feel something that's stuck in there, you help them use the floss and get it out because now you're checking. There's a whole reason to brush your teeth is to get the stuff out. And that's why it's going to be longer. Now, there's a reason. And then you talk about when you put the toothbrush on, if they want to eat it first, whatever. You're like, all right, you're going to lick it, swallow it, go ahead. But you still haven't finished the job. We haven't checked every tooth and scrubbed every tooth. How will we finish and get them clean? Because it's the it's the it's that gummy bear and broccoli in there that's holding that bacteria that's making your breath so stinky, and putting the holes in your teeth. So we got to go to the dentist and take them out right? So there's all these reasons we're scrubbing and we're looking and we're checking and we're scrubbing just as if you were cleaning up the books on the floor, right? The job isn't finished until all the books are clean. If they just put one and put it up on the book, you won't let that job finish. But again, how are you going to motivate that child to put all the books? You're going to say, there's another one and there's another one and there's another one and there's another one. You're going to guide and coach them through it. You're not going to make them do it. You're going to remind them of what the job is. The job is to get the stuff out of your teeth or the stuff cleaned up or the new clothes changed or the meal cooked or whatever it is, right? And it's not done until it's clearly not done because the evidence of the unfinished job is still here. So until we get it done, it's not done. And that's the important part of your phases. Because unless the water's turned off, we can't move on because that phase isn't finished. And then once you scrub every tooth and do all that, then you talk about rinsing and spitting and how you're going to do that and which cup to use and turning on the water and all that stuff. Okay. And then to make sure it's all cleaned up. That was really important to me because I don't want to be cleaning up after this child as they're, you know, squirting stuff around or splashing water all over or whatever. Maybe when they get independent with the toothpaste, right? You don't want to be cleaning it up. So that last phase is to clean. And so then it's about the toothbrush goes back in the toothbrush. Maybe you have a little wipey rag that you wipe the sink with, or you run the water to make sure all the toothpaste goes down and it's not left over in there. I mean, you know, a lot of parents don't teach their kids these steps. And then that's what they complain about. My seven or eight year old doesn't close the toothpaste tube or know how to run because it never was created as part of the process. Because when you said, go brush your teeth, you didn't have any expectation or demonstration of the right way to do it. And this is win-win because it teaches your lay talker to be independent, work in the way that they want, and all the talking that you're doing through this whole process gets them out the door with clean teeth that are happy and you haven't fought through the process. They've done 
increasingly every day, more and more and more of the job, right? When they get so good at brushing, then you show them how to use the toothpaste, right? At first, you're going to withdraw, you're going to keep, and you're going to do a lot more of the tasks that are involved. You might bring the stool over for them and encourage them to step on it. You might hand them the towel to wipe their mouth with, but later you're going to show them how to get it off the rack. You're gonna show them how to make sure that this thing, the top is on, it doesn't squirt all over. You're gonna teach all those things eventually and depending on your child's age, why not start te teaching those things now? Because this is how this self-care process works, okay? So let's see, we've got everything moved through. Oops, hang on a second. We've got the, yep. Yeah, so clean and put away the brush, wipe your mouth and hang up the towel. And again, turn off the water because turning off the water is an important thing no matter where you live and you don't want kids leaving water on. You wanna remind them it's a great introduction to the fact that they can't leave water running out elsewhere. They can't leave it running in the spigot outside. They can't leave it because water is precious and we need to save it and we need to clean water that we need for our showers and our cooking and all of that stuff. You can teach these things at the same time you teach these other self-care jobs when you're giving your child responsibility at the same time. You see, otherwise you're stuck as a parent continually nagging and struggling through the job because that's how it goes. Until you teach your child independence, it's something you have to push or pull your child through until they get it, all right? So let's see. We've got, moving forward, this is the process. So again, what we've done here is we've worked through the breakdown, into the into the action steps right those little action steps that i know i can reinforce every single time those three phases will remind me what's important to me setting up the new environment i've got different toothbrushes i've got different strategies and methods about it and the need and value and then of course helping with the struggle and working through those phases tasks and steps now to keep it going and move it from the one that you chose first, toothbrushing or book putting away or whatever it is, taking off your shoes at the door, whatever it is, it's now your job to motivate the late talkers independent acceptance of self-care responsibility for other things, for the other things that they have to do in their life. And this is how you do this, okay? You use this five-step process to reset that's the reset process. You don't have to teach the entire steps and processes every time for a long time, but you do until the process resets. And then once it resets, you repeat it the new way consistently every day for at least a few weeks. And then you teach the process to everyone in the household. This is how we brush teeth at our house. This is how we do mealtime. This is how we do whatever. It is your process that you develop so everyone in the household can follow along with that. And then you encourage the child to take on more easy and fun jobs as well as responsibility over time. So right, like I said, at first in the job, you're handing them the towel and later they're getting it from the rack. And also at first you're doing things to help them and eventually they do things to help other people, right? Go take this over to grandma or help me hold this or carry this for me, right? They have more easy and fun jobs and responsibility. And then here's the key too, is to allow the child to adjust the process to their liking. 
within your boundaries as they get good at it, folks. You have to let them take it away. That's the job. That's the whole facilitator's job is to equip and empower the child to start doing these things that you are doing for them right now on their own for themselves and eventually even other people. That's how you as a parent or caregiver went from being a child to being a responsible kid in your household to being adulting, right? Where you've got to look after other people. And eventually your late talker needs to establish the value and responsibility of interpersonal communication. And one of those things is how do you show up? How do you look? How do you present yourself? How clean are you? How dressed are you? Are you dressed appropriately? Have you listened to other people's guidance and taken their advice about new ways to do things? Have you given up things that don't work anymore because a new strategy that's easier and more valuable and more accessible or more to your liking is available now? right? This is what happens. This is what parents see first. Before you even see talking, your lay talker will start to join you and take over independent about these things. They're going to show you how they want to do things. If you show them how things work, they're going to start to mirror this behavior from you, and they'll also learn through you. And it is these empowerment strategies. This is what it takes to help your late talker shift from being the kid that you have to do things for to the kid that does things for other people. That empowerment, that level of empowerment. And it is a process to get through here, but it is completely possible and probable if you're doing it. So thank you again for watching. If you've seen these other videos, these are super po popular videos for virtual autism families. They're in the member area where you're gonna be able to see what, why is this stimming happening and what to do with this stimming that your child is doing, echolalia, repetitive stuff, repetitive behaviors, repetitive speech, and then five easy tips to see new words, spontaneous, functional speech from your child. And then if you wanna work with me as your guide for faster progress, I'm gonna tell you everything you need to change to equip and empower your late talker to start talking faster. And I wanna encourage you to sign up now because I am offering this unprecedented six month opportunity for an unprecedented price. This is cheaper than any kind of intervention you could ever get for your child. And it will last forever because instead of just someone else doing it, you are learning through the process and developing, and you get six months of personal guidance. You get access to my entire video library with all of the workshops, the Q&A, community, um, the, the ability to ask questions anytime and have other parents also respond. We just had a conversation about care.com this week. Also, two-hour recorded meetings. You get those with me to four two-hour meetings over that six-month time, and then you can email and chat anytime because I don't offer that to everybody. If you have personal things you wanna share, that's how you do. And here's how you explore that opportunity. Head over to wavesofcommunication.com and click on this button that says, work with Marcy personally. It will take you to my page to show you everything. And you can sign up now because the 2024 price is $2,000. So literally save more than $1,000 on your process and, 
work with me to see the changes that you want. Um, in my community, parents are doing it. Like I said, the member shout out that I did is no joke. These parents are working super hard to change their child's environment, both from the things they can do, right? The environment, the, the physical things, the people they take them to see, the places they go to explore together, inside the house, outside the house. And they also are changing the child's experience by changing how they show up. These moms and dads are changing how they interact with their kids because somehow they got on the wrong track and they started prompting or maybe there was a lot of pressure that you had from other people to make your child go to therapies or do all those things but listen folks if your child is not responding to whatever you have them signed up for right now if they're crying i mean i'm not talking about the first five minutes when they leave you and they're fine i'm talking about kids that are crying when you pick them up from the therapy that's not a situation that your child wants to be in and is willing to learn from and guarantee those people are not using this process to engage the child with the process of learning this skill that's why i gave it to you because you can test it for yourself if you can facilitate your child through one self-care job toothbrushing hair combing nail cutting whatever it is that they didn't like to do before then and you were able to get them to accept that job even if you have to do things for them to help them get through it because they're little and they're not sure about it yet but now it's calm there's a willingness to work together through these things this is what's necessary right this is what's necessary for a child to be able to go to school and work cooperatively with their friends it's what's necessary for them to make friends so they're not expecting people to do things for them or prompt them or guide them through it they're developing initiative and information and once you teach a child to be independent with one skill you look and how independent they'll be with other ones. They'll choose that you because you empower them. It's just like you with me. If I give you one strategy that works really well, you'll watch more videos to learn more strategies because I know what I'm talking about. And just like with your child, you know what you're talking about. We're not talking about rocket science here. We're talking about teeth brushing or putting the books back on the shelf or taking your shoes off at the door when you come in, right? It's up to you as a facilitator, literally to facilitate the experience that the child will naturally learn from because you're consistent and you're understanding and you're accommodating and you're helpful, but you're not doing it for them and you're not forcing them to do it on your expectations or whatever either. Remember, expectations always kibosh this process and make everything go much more slowly because as soon as resistance creeps into your self-care tasks then you're gonna avoid them or the late talker is gonna avoid them and now the the process has degraded and also the outcome has degraded you barely get your kids dressed you barely get their teeth brushed you barely get them stuff maybe it's not even happening very much because they're only sucking off the toothbrush and that's the only thing that the, the reason they'll let the toothbrush get in their mouth and that's because they don't see the value of opening their mouth and scrubbing around in there a little bit okay so school toothbrushing, putting their books away, visiting friends, going to the holiday party, whatever it is, you can facilitate the best 
possible experience with a little bit of forethought, planning, and facilitation. But if you're just following your lay talker around and reacting or, you know, chasing them down when they do a thing and then judging or analyzing and all that stuff without being the one in front who's facilitating the better experience for them to learn from, this process is going to go very slowly for you. Very, very slowly. Because you cannot make a child do anything on their own, on your schedule, without either bribing or fear. That's how it works, right? Because that's how slaves or animals in the zoo or, you know, places that where they don't have any empowerment, they are restricted in their environment. They have to live by somebody else's rules, right? Prisoners in the prison. I mean, you don't want this experience for your child. You want them to grow up and challenge you and be kids, right? It's not, it's a lot more fun, but it's a lot of work. And I know it's a lot of work. And I know that a lot of you are out there struggling because you have spent all of your energy worrying about these behaviors that you're seeing instead of and chasing them down and facilitating and disciplining or shutting them down instead of facilitating the examples and demonstrations that your child needs to learn from so they put them down right you don't need to shut down anything your child will shut down anything that's not effective for them when they shut you down that's what's happening. They not they don't like it, they're afraid of it, or they're entitled and they don't have any responsibility. So one of those two things is going on. And because when you go to a doctor and you tell them this is not going on, what do they have to write for you? A prescription. It used to be medicine and now it's ABA therapy. Oh, you don't like your child's behavior? Put them in behavior therapy. For me, I say, if you don't like your child's behavior, you have to understand why it happens first and realize that maybe you are responsible to change your child's experience so they change their behavior because you can't change your child's behavior. It doesn't work like that. They change based on their experience. And this is exactly what I teach on wavesofcommunication.com. With a whole range of Waves of Communication resources, from free content to customized coaching, you now have access to everything you need to elevate spoken language to infinite success. You are welcome to get your journey started with my 11-week language facilitation journey to speech workbook. You can access this workbook and all of the language facilitation resources on my website, wavesofcommunication.com.